world's toughest row sounds daunting just on the face of it. Previously known as the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge, the race takes a crew 3,000 miles west from Lagomera in the Canary Islands to Nelson's Dockyard in Antigua. It involves constant rowing, with crew members taking shifts of two hours on, two hours off, for up to 70 days. At the midpoint, the rowboat will be closer to the International Space Station than to any landmass. More people have been to space than have rowed an ocean. The waves can measure up to 30 feet high, and rowers experience sleep deprivation, seasickness, salt sores and blisters. I spoke with Intrepid 232, an incredible crew of four Jersey mums who are training to complete the challenge this year. We talked all about the training, the costs, and what keeps them up at night. If you just want to introduce each of yourselves, tell us your name, your age, and maybe what your day job is. Hi, I'm uh, Julie Brady. Um, I'm currently 59 and I work at the Jersey Financial Services Commission and I deal with funds in that department. Great. Uh, hi, um, I'm Helen and I'm 55, um, soon to be 56, and I work at the Cycle Centre, Bicycle Shop in St Helia. Hi, my name is Alison. I'm 59 and I'm actually not working currently. My name is Rosemary Satchwell, I'm 55 and I work at Evelyn Partners as Head of Compliance. And so I think my first question is, whose idea was it? Both Helen and I had a discussion about it quite a few years ago and Helen said, no way. <laughs> and then we spoke about it again and then um, we came up with the idea that it might be a good plan. And a lot of it was driven, I think, by COVID, um, where we were all locked down and, you know, you know the whole scenario, you couldn't go anywhere, etc, etc. So we thought, if we don't do it now, we're never going to do it. So we introduced the idea to the girls, and they thought it was a fabulous plan, and we're all on board. So how long have you been going with this idea now? You know, how, how many months has it been something that you've definitely been pushing towards? I'd say about two and a half, three years ago. Two and a half years we signed up. Yes, it's a long journey, there's so much to organise, and trying to get sponsorship, we started that fair quite early on as well. Yeah. So tell me a bit about the name Intrepid 232, where did that come from? Intrepid 232, um, the first part of in, in, the Intrepid came from when we were all swimming down at uh, Bonwe and we saw um, this boat with its name called La Intrepide um, and we just thought, yeah, the Intrepid, the meaning behind it obviously just resonated with us. And then um, the 232, that came about as uh, we were thinking of the 250 club, and then we thought, no, 232, um, that's the number of years. Combine, our combined ages when we start the race, so hence Intrepid 232. And you've been training for a while now. What's training been like? What kind of training have you done? How intense has it been? We've been doing lots of gym work, really. I mean, we've all been quite fit and, and doing that sort of thing for quite some time. So we really ramped up our exercise programme at the gym with personal trainers and, and looking at that side of things. Really, 
quite heavily a, a couple of years ago when we were getting more into it because it was a longer process to actually get the Atlantic rowing boat because we were buying a new boat which had to be built and we only took delivery of that last end of last September. So in, in terms of actual rowing ability, Rosemary, myself and Helen have been members of the Jersey Rowing Club and have rowed for quite a number of years in coastal rowing boats. So we've got a certain amount of rowing experience. Julie's um, completely new to, the, not new to sport, but she's new to the sport of, of rowing. I mean, she's, oh, it's all basketball and netball previously. Indeed. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. so it's, been a, it's been a process to initially get Julie out in the coastal rowing boats to give you some experience of that. And since then, we've just, well, actually, since October, we've had very few weekends that haven't been windy, in all honesty. So we haven't been out as much as we would have liked in the actual ocean rainboat. But we've got the summer to really crack on, mm. make up for that. You said by September you have to have 150 hours on the water, is that right? Yeah, the boat, that's part of the race um, compliance. And as our boat will be being shipped over to the back to the manufacturers at the end of September, ready for its um, onward journey to La Gomera. We have to have it done by the end of September. And are you on track to, to hit that target? We're almost one third of the way. But, you know, the, the beginning part has all been familiarisation with the boat, familiarisation with all the kit and equipment that's on board. Um, so in certain aspects, it kind of feels like a new sport. You know, there's a, it's, it's a whole different dynamic. So the initial part for the first 40-odd hours that we have done, it's really familiarisation on ourselves with the boat. And um, going forward, then, it's going to be longer rowing sessions where we'll do the changeovers and do the drills and things, as we would expect to do them on the, in the Atlantic. Mm. Um, and hopefully do our cooking and stay overnight and stuff like that. And have you had help from outside? Have you had people come in and help you train? Yeah, so we've engaged um, a number of different people to uh, assist us, um, obviously, with our uh, huge challenge. Most importantly, what's been really good for us is uh, sort of the community mm-hmm. uh, in general, the boating community have uh, been very helpful. There's sort of loads of advice. If we need advice, especially as sort of members of the Jersey Rowing Club and sort of other areas. And then we've got some trainers that uh, are on board and hopefully very soon coming to visit us to put us through our paces so uh, and they're always available for us to call them um, and you know I think what's good about this is that the whole community in respect of the sort of ocean rowing are just really engaging and really helpful if you know you need um, some advice on some areas. And as someone who's a newcomer to rowing, Julie, how are you finding the process? Is it quite sort of zero to 100 <laughs> situation um, or, or are you finding it, you know, it's fully instead? Um, no, I've, I've, really, I've really enjoyed it. I've um, had uh, a lot of help from a lot of people, you know, just sort of trying to get the technique right and um, bits and pieces. I think everybody here is on, on a learning curve because, um, like, sort of uh, Rosemary as said it, it's it's a totally different sport i think from what what even you're used to yeah, so yeah, definitely. Um, yeah so i think uh i'm sort of on that area i'm sort of on a level playing field with them in that yeah. respect which uh i feel a bit more comfortable with and so you've mentioned you know the boat you kit equipment let's talk a little bit about how expensive this is all going to be because i'm sure it is quite a cost to take on not just in your personal lives but i think in you know financial cost as well so how much has it cost full part figure or how much is it going to be costing you to do this? 
I think the ballpark is around about 180,000. Yeah. And are you funding that with sponsors? How, how is that process going? Well, we're trying to get um, sponsors on board. It's quite an arduous process and it's really very, very difficult. I think anybody that's doing anything nowadays finds it incredibly difficult. I think we're, in some ways where we're looking at it, because it's um, a global race and it's covered by media, you know, Sky, Fox, you know, all the media... The slight difference there is you're not necessarily asking somebody just to contribute something towards your charity, whatever it is you're doing. It's the opportunity to advertise on a global platform. We're basically a floating billboard out in the sea. And, you know, it looks amazing. When you actually see all the boats initially, you know, together on the start, and they've got the logos on and the branding, the media get really heavily involved. And what we found, having followed the race for a few years particularly when, when crews finish, depending on where they come from, the media interest is absolutely huge. You know, we've watched crews on, you know, Lorraine this morning, all these sorts of programmes, Sky mm. News, all the local media get really involved. So it's it's a good opportunity for a, for a company to come on board, not just to advertise, but to actually feel that they're involved with something part that's of the a journey. little bit yeah. unusual. Be part of the journey as yeah, well. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, because, you know, the sponsors that we do have on board at the moment are so hugely interested in what we're doing and wanting to talk to us about it and and it's and it's absolutely you know it's amazing yeah. i mean we are raising money um along the way for, mm. for two charities yeah tell me about the fundraising as well what charity is that for so it's for the grace cropper foundation and it's also for the blue, blue, blue marine mm-hmm. so blue ocean sustainability yeah. And so are those just is that just on top of doing this as well, you know, that the funds people can donate to that just to support you Separately. to do it? Yeah. Yeah. For us it's about yeah. getting to the start line. You know, the sponsorship is to enable us to enable us obviously to get to the start line, but to also for companies to be able to promote themselves through our various platforms and through advertising on the boat. And then what a lot of crews have said in the past is that a lot of the charitable side of things comes in more when the race has started. We'll be conducting a social media campaign all through the race and that's where um, a lot of people really get on board then and start donating to the charities, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Have there been any unexpected costs while you've been doing this? Because I know it's an expensive sport, obviously the boat was expensive. Anything that has cropped up that you, you were not expecting? I don't think so. I think it's the accumulation of everything, you know, it's a, Everything is expensive to do with boats, we've learned. Um, so, yeah, the oars are expensive. Then you've got all the kit and equipment and the amount of safety equipment you have to have. It's and spares, all the spares. Yeah. And the spares, yeah. And, and the spares take up a lot of space. So, you know, you're not going to take a chance that something's not going to break. You're going to put the spare and you're going to pay for it. We did, we did have an idea. It's just when you look at the, the costs in the cold light of day, it's like, wow. Yes, it's, um, it's uh, yeah. Um, but then you've got things that I suppose you didn't really consider. So you've got, you know, trips over to the UK that we have to take to do courses. So you've got flights over there. You've got the accommodation. You've got the the hire car. All of that stuff is just additional, I suppose, to yeah. some of the things that we didn't actually take into account. But it all adds up to quite a bit. So you've recently been awarded the Clipper bursary. You were runners up to the Clipper bursary, which was five hundred pounds. What are you going to be spending that on? That's going to go towards our medical kits because 
that the medical kit is pretty extensive as, as you can imagine. So yeah, they've, they've kindly given us uh, that money towards that, which we're extremely grateful for. Are there any worries going into this process ahead of December? There, is there anything that you're a little bit concerned about that maybe it keeps you up at night, anything like that? Hello, have you Because <laughs> <laughs> we noticed that on your website, you've done a lot of work and, and there's a couple of points where you said, I, it's Alison and Helen who want seasickness tablets <laughs> when they're out there. So yeah. that seems like something which maybe would be yeah, concerning. Yeah, we've been recommended some little petrols you can put behind mm. your ears and okay. I've got those on order for sure. Yeah, yeah so we, I, we both suffer. Not when we're actually doing something, when we suffer seasickness, yeah. when it'll be when we're locked when inside look, the cabin. Yeah, if you're inside the cabin, I think that'll be I think bad. cabin's a very luxurious way of describing <laughs> yeah. the yeah. box that we'll be getting into. <laughs> like a little coffin. I think um, what, what we've noticed when we've done um, a couple of our training rows is that uh, we definitely don't drink enough water, we don't yeah. look up after ourselves that way so that's um, a big been a big massive learning yes. curve for us yeah um, nutrition is yeah sort of yeah. having our food yeah definitely drinking um enough mm. water um mm. we're just going to make sure that we really keep that one so i think as well you've we considered the potential of the size of the waves that we're going to face but we're kind of hoping that we get into that gradually and then they'll be huge and we'll go, it's not too bad. <laughs> That's in my mind anyway. Um, we can't practice for that because no, we can't. <laughs> you don't get those sort of conditions here. So no. that's that's the unknown for everybody isn't yes, it yeah so how exactly does it work in terms of you know how many hours a day you're planning to row and then do we cook dinner do you how many hours do you sleep it's do you just take constant. turns you don't stop oh, well yeah. you do shifts okay two people rowing at any one time two people resting right. and then turns will be taken with the ones resting to boil the water to make up the rehydrated packs and stack them up for the you know for the next 12 yeah. or 24 hours so it's it's, it's pretty two, much two, two hours, hours on, two hours, hours off. off. Generally speaking, yeah. generally speaking, throughout the whole. Plus, yeah. when you've got your two hours off, potentially you have to look at the you know the the batteries and make sure your navigation is right and various little jobs to be done. Checking with the safety team. Checking with the safety team. Just make sure that the, you know that everything you anticipate is happening in the cabin is actually happening, and then either go to sleep or roll. Mm. So do you all have your own individual roles? Are you all in charge of a particular aspect? We do have roles assigned. Okay, yeah, so do why don't assigned. we whiz through what, what are we each in charge of, Julie? So uh, my role, I'm um, going to be assisting Helen on the navigation um, and then I'm apparently been charged with fixing anything on deck. Okay, so you're, <laughs> so you're a resident fixer. Yeah, I'll be the, the resident vice navigator. Yeah, with my um, little sort of toolbox. Tool yeah, that, that's uh, what I'll be doing. Wonderful. And Helen? So um, my priorities in the navigation side of things and safety check-ins as well, yeah. I believe. We're, we're doing <laughs> safety check-ins. Yes. And nutrition. And nutrition. Uh, yeah, I'm second to Rosemary for nutrition. Yeah. yeah. Alison? So I tend to be doing bits of all sorts really at the moment, <laughs> sort of sorting all the paperwork out and the admin, you know, helping Julie with the, uh, the technical side of things as well. And then we're looking all the at all the, the I'll do all the PR and uh, all the, the website and the social media. We're all learning bits of everything at the moment really, because yeah. you've got to really have one incredibly competent person and one person that really knows what 
on each yeah. different yeah. role yeah. Yeah. in case somebody gets seasick or something happens. Oh, I forgot to say, I'm cleaning the, bo the bottom of the boat as well. <laughs> yes. A vital role. Yes. You've said that out loud. <laughs> you have indeed. We also we'll have help. her... Um, That's on record now. I'm looking yeah. forward to it, actually, getting in the water. We also have our watermaker course that we have to go on. So mm. that's we're anticipating doing that in October when the boat's gone and we can't do any more training and an electrical course. So we're all going in that. Do you have a specific role? Both Helen and I are doing the um, nutrition and the safety. Yeah. Great. Who's in charge of the medical? <laughs> well, I wouldn't be doing that, actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 should probably figure that out. Yeah, yeah. That's quite a big the one. thing is, yeah. the, there's so much to do at the moment. And yes, you want to have your individual roles, but you've also got to try and help each other. Mm. And I think that... I think that now that we're sort of more in the boat, yeah. it's easier to say, right, you two are um, sorting out the course that we're doing for such and such, which means that Rosemary and I will then uh, make sure we've got all the food on board and the water on board yeah. and make sure that everybody does that. So I'll probably end up doing more with the food with that because you're going to be doing more of yes, that. that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. See, we're deciding things yeah. as we go along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes perfect sense, yes, doesn't yeah, it? Absolutely. You know, you have yeah, to. Absolutely, yeah. And it is one of those processes that nothing can really be set in stone. You know, mm. you just have to go with yeah. it. And what we have learned as well is what, what will work for one crew won't work for another. So mm. we, can't, we can listen to advice. But we'll have to make our own minds up mm. because it's it's our own. Yes. Yeah. Talking about advice, we have covered and we've done a lot of work with the guys at the challenge last mm. year. So Pete and Steve. Yeah. Have you spoken to them about yeah. their experience? Yeah. 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 What sort of advice have they given you? Um, to take a lot of red wine, Steve told me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had a bottle of rum. They had a bottle of rum, and every yeah. Sunday, every Sunday they'd, yeah. they'd have a sip of rum. So we're yeah. thinking we should do something similar. Yeah. yeah. Don't lose the uh, loo bucket over the side. That can yeah. be a bit difficult. Exactly. And they all said, they said talk to each other. Yeah. You know, just that's the key thing, talking. isn't it? Yeah. Don't yeah. let things build up fester. and fester. Yeah. Yeah. Communication. Talk, communication. Yeah. And, you know, just enjoy it as best yeah. you can. It's a, well, I say once in a lifetime experience. I'm sure quite a few people seem to go back for seconds and thirds. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. We and do have, I mean, it's been really, really good. You know, we've had lots of people in the community in various areas that mm. have been really, really helpful. Yeah. And it's really surprising, actually. Yeah. It feels yeah. like a real community effort. Well, it's inspiring because it's, it's like they sort of, obviously we believe in ourselves and believe in our challenge, but it's actually inspiring that they believe in us because, yeah. you know, they're volunteering and, and, and yeah, reaching exactly. out to us and say, yeah, we, you and know. And it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. When people can't say it's absolutely awesome. Yeah. And we're like, okay. <laughs> well, we're, we've been in it. But we've been in it. Yeah, exactly. you know, immersed in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's pe people who have done it previously as well, like, you know, the, the first ones that did it. So you've got um, Rob Cass and Ian Blandon and John Searson, they've been helpful as well. And they were the very first that did the very first race that, that happened. Um, but we're lucky because there's so many people around that can help us and mm. give us advice. And have they given you any advice with things like sponsorship, financing? It was a very much different ball game when they mm. did it, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Oh, completely yeah. different. And yeah. There's so many people out there now, so many companies don't do the same sorts of sponsorships anymore, or if they do, it's for members of staff or their own programmes. Yeah. So this is why we're having to try and explain that it's more of an advertising opportunity as well as being, you know, getting involved yeah. in our whole journey. Hopefully, hopefully quite inspiring yeah. to um, other ladies on, on the island. When those spring chickens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wanted to ask you about this. So I understand it's quite a personal reason to do it as well. I think, you know, you want to prove that 
gender age can't stop people from doing these phenomenal things so is that something that you've noticed people saying to you is that something that you went into this really hoping to achieve yeah yeah for sure um it's a difficult one isn't it so um yeah i think our ages where um like we said we're no we're no spring chickens um we just wanted to show other people other women that you know if you really work hard you can sort of you, you can achieve and and do whatever you want to do you know it doesn't have to don't have to row across the Atlantic Ocean, um, but you know, don't don't give up on on if you feel that you can't achieve that. You know, don't give up on that, mate. Mate, just carry on despite your age. You know, just work hard and you can get to where you want to get to. Yeah, and and I do think that the saddest thing would be, I wonder if I could have. Mm. You know, and it, it would be the regret of not having tried it. And it doesn't matter what it is. You know, if it's a leg in a marathon, if it's a whole marathon, it's a ten k walk doesn't matter if you want to do it and you think you can or you know you, you aspire to do it then just go and do it give mm. it a go exactly and and i read um on your website that helen you had an injury back in 2016 was it and so uh, this yes. is all part of rehab and you want to show that perseverance and dedication is that something as well yeah yeah i mean i was almost in a wheelchair so um anything i can do now is a bonus and mm. i thought that would be like just taking it to the extreme Doing the Atlantic would be the ultimate. It's just one of those things. I was just sitting there and that, um, when I was thinking about it um, three, four years ago, mm. and uh, I think just everything just hit me. And I thought, I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm fit and healthy. I can actually row again, which I never thought I would be able to. And I just messaged Rosemary and I said, I don't want to get to 75 or whatever, and think, why the hell didn't we do it? Yeah. And she said, yes. So there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. And I love how you're bringing sort of your personal lives and experiences into this challenge. And I'd be interested to know, because a couple of you work in finance and how that is bearing on this. Are you bringing those skills to this business that you're running, you know, with sponsorship and things like that? So are you sort of saying, are, are we very organised? <laughs> and are we organised in our workplace? <laughs> um, Better ask your employer. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, what, what I found through the process, it's almost, it, well it is like having a, a second job to be honest with you, yeah. if anything you have to be sort of even like more organised, sort of having meetings, um, you know, yeah, meeting potential sponsors. Um, Maximising your time really. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really, really is and it just, mm. and that, I think it's that continuous uh, perseverance as well with, with, with everything, it's almost like a, Project planning, yeah, that's, that's yeah. how I sort of view it. Have you found that as well? I have. And, mm. I, you know, the, our employers have been really good. You mm. know, they've been really understanding and, and very helpful. Whereas mine have sponsored me, so it's really good. But, yeah, it is a case of, right, I've got eight hours to do this, just do it, because I haven't got time afterwards to stay behind. Or, you know, my time is very, very limited in you know, in any free time, well, yeah, free time, what's Yeah, what is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have a certain amount of time allocated to work, certain amount of time allocated to organising our challenge. You just have to do it in that given time. And do some training in between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. And and you mentioned support there from, from your employer. What yeah. other support have you had, you know, from family? I let us do what we want. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it's something which... I mean, it puts the financial strain on you, but also, you know, it's just, it's quite a stress, isn't it? And you've got a lot to manage, and it's quite a big task. You're going to be away from families for a little mm -hmm. while. Is that something that you've struggled with, that you've had conversations about? 
Well, my, my lot are just looking forward to a holiday in Antigua. <laughs> <laughs> Have you all booked flights then at the end? No, because you don't know when you'll get there. Exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. quite difficult. Now, my husband's been, um, he said yesterday he keeps dreaming about rowing. He's <laughs> <laughs> never sat in the boat in his life. Well, he has. But I had to get him out. But he keeps dreaming about rowing, and then he keeps he's getting stressed about me doing it, even though he was the one who mentioned it to me about ten years ago. Yeah, yeah it was his big idea to begin with. Yeah, um, but yeah, the kids are are interested in you know following us on social media and stuff. They have no aspirations whatsoever to do it. But yeah, they just like to watch. Yeah, they like <laughs> to watch. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, I'm not that much into it, but. Are they inspired by it as well, the, the, this feat that you're, you're doing? Yeah, they are. Um, you know, my son started doing something he had never done before, so he started doing boxing and he's looking to get back into rowing. So, yeah, I think it's given them a bit of a push. What about pressure on yourself? I think it's interesting to me that you're talking, you're trying to break a record here. What is that record? And you can, can you explain to me a little bit about why you, you're chasing that? The, uh, yeah, so the record will be that um, we'll be the um, oldest female crew to have ever rowed in any ocean. And I think we were we didn't set out for that initially, and then we realised that we had the opportunity to do that. Um, so, we're so old. <laughs> we're so old. So, yeah, I, did, I just think, to me, like, could, could you imagine, like, just sort of saying, like, at the end, yeah, I've, I've, I've achieved this, I've, I've, I've done this, you know, we hold a, sort of a world record, even if it's for a year or something <laughs> until somebody else breaks it. We, 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 and then we'll have to do it again. <laughs> you know, we've, we've achieved it. I suppose it's training a potential negative into a positive. <laughs> and how many days is it that you're hoping to, to do it in? Oh. The eternal question. <laughs> you can all answer individually if you want, if you've got different different perspectives. Different. Right, um, Julie, why don't you Julie. start us off? Um, it's a really difficult question to answer because there's so many variables, but I, I'm sort of aiming for about 55 days, I'm mm. hoping. Helen, what about you? I would say I'll be happy if we do it in less than 60 days. Okay, Alison? I'm going for less than 50. It's got to have a four in front of it somewhere. I don't care if it's 49 point, whatever it is. But it, it, the variables, it's the weather mm. that can really make that difference. Rosemary? I'm going for anything between 50 and 75. <laughs> Wide margin there, I think. I think. I just, think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, I just in my head, I just need to manage my expectations, that's all. So it's obviously a tough time, lots of training, the weather's pretty harsh at the moment. What's the thing that's keeping you going throughout these times? I think it's the support in the community. Um, anybody, you know, lots and lots of people just are, you know, looking looking to help us, offering to help us, coming forward with ideas. And uh, yeah, attending uh, fundraisers as well. Attending fundraisers, helping us with our training, so taking us out and helping us with, you know, rough water training in, in ribs. Yeah. Um, just the support generally just, yeah, yeah the general support and yeah. we've been really really surprised and delighted with it yeah, you know how many people have been interested and um, looking to support us I, th- I think the bank show um, really illustrated that for us. Oh, completely. Um, you know, cause you, like, it's a long time. You build up to two and a half years and, you, you know, you, sort of as a team, we're the ones that have to inspire each other. And then down at the boat show, there were so many people interested yeah. in the boat and interested what we were doing, why we were doing it. Yeah, I just, it, it was great, wasn't it? It, it was, was a really, real community yeah, feeling, wasn't it? was a real it? buzz for yeah. me to say, yeah, yeah come on, we, we really, really can achieve this. And I, I think with the with two and a half years 
down the journey, you kind of, you don't get bored of it, but you kind of, you're absorbed in it and you don't realise, you don't step outside it. And I think the boat show helped us to do that. Yeah. It's like, right, okay, we are doing yeah. something that's yeah. quite incredible. Yeah, and then and the people actually sort of saying that to us as well, and yeah. in general, just like it's amazing what you're doing. Whereas we we don't perhaps see it as amazing, no, because um, we have been on that journey for a long time. You know, it's just something that as a team we we want to achieve. Where that they're sort of the, the comments we got were fantastic. And so you've come a long way, but you've still got a long way to go, and hopefully we'll be behind you the whole way. But um, thank Brilliant. you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you to the members of Intrepid 232, Julie Brady, Alison Jones, Helene Monpetit and Rosemary Satchwell. And thanks for listening to the Bailiwick podcast. Keep up with all the latest news by visiting bailiwickexpress.com or reading our sister publication, The JEP. More next week from me, Kelly Frost and the rest of the team.